Hey folks, part of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard, and we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? Happy podcast night, everybody. I'm back here at home. Wet, dreary, miserable night, but it's a, always a good night for a podcast. It's a, it's a, always a always a good night for a podcast. I agree. I agree. So yeah. what'd you get up to this week? I tell you what, I sent you some pictures and I woke up Saturday morning absolutely ecstatic about the prospect of goose hunting in this field beside the house. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I don't know what you, what you thought about those pictures, but they were literally 30 yards off my hunting shed deck. <laughs> I could have... Uh, I could have went out there with a the, the bow and arrow and got one. <laughs> they were so close, but you know, you got to wait. We in September 10th is the opening day and all. I hope they're still kicking around, but they, uh, I counted 35 birds in the field. They were uh, grouped up uh, in their families and spread out in the field. And I was able to take the binoculars and have my coffee and watch them, uh, you know, eat, eat in the field. And it was kind of a good learning experience for half an hour, 45 minutes. Well, while, while I, was drinking my coffee and getting set up for the trying games. to learn their language. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it was neat to see, you know, they're standing on one foot out there with uh, their heads buried in their wings. Cause they're so relaxed. And, and I actually, I waited a while and, and they moved on down the field a little bit feeding and I fly model airplanes. Um, and I was able to get my model airplane out and it was interesting to see the change in, in their posture in the field. When I put that plane in the field, I wanted to see, right. I wanted to see what they would do. And what we've talked about in previous podcasts, where they go from big groups to mass together, they, they instantly went into a big, uh, a big group. Of they got close. That they closed the yeah, gap. They got real close. They closed that gap. Yep. They were defensive. They were waiting for an opportunity for me to land that plane before they got up in the air to leave. And, uh, it was just, it was neat to see. Yeah. Uh, now you know not how to set them. your decoys, right? Is when they, yeah. they, they, they <laughs> just, all of a sudden they, they congregate real close together. Yep. You yep. got her. Yeah. So yeah, that we got up to that and again, working on the boat, got a whole lot of stuff done yeah, on the, the, the electrical side of the project. And, see, I'm trying yeah. not to chuckle because you're talking about model planes and I just didn't know if you were aware that they've come out with things that you don't need a tether strap to. It's like a <laughs> drone. It'll go like kilometers away. Yeah. And you can launch it from your deck. But anyway, yeah. I digress. I, <laughs> so, that's a that's okay, old day. man, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm drink, drinking my tea sitting in the sun. There. <laughs> old soul. Yeah. Old soul. That's oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. So you, how was your week? That was pretty good. Uh, we took the family and we all, uh, we all took a day and went up to a, a rock quarry where they get a lot oh, yeah? of swimming. And I remember when I was uh, young and my parents took me because it was right close to where we used to camp, uh, had a trailer seasonal, my whole family, my grandparents had a trailer, my other grandparents, my aunt and uncle and everybody. So we would go to this quarry from time to time. And it, it's a old gravel pit, really deep. Water's always cold because it's spring fed, but they had like a, I'm going to, I may be exaggerating, but for me at the age of, I don't know, eight or 10, when I was there, it was like a, an 80 foot platform that you climbed up this old rusted steel ladder to the top and looked down and like <laughs> certain death. And I remember <laughs> I, I, I mustered up the strength to jump off it. So my wife said, 
Friday, we're not doing nothing. I've got plans. And she wouldn't tell us until we got going. And so then we got, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. Because I used to sneak in. There was a scuba area across the road from this place. I'm not going to say where it is. I don't want to get charged. (laughs) But I was young. And I used to remember, because it was so close, I used to sneak across the road from the quarry. And they had a scuba class. And there was a hole in the fence. I'd go in there and I'd fish. And oh my gosh, could you catch the fish? So I do remember. I'm like, oh yeah. So I'm telling the kids the stories. And and when we thought there's like an 80-foot platform, maybe 120 feet, I don't know, way up in the air. And we got there. And of course, in today's society, you can't have something like that. So they have taken that platform down. It's not there. They do have one, though, that when you're down in the quarry in the water and looking up, it doesn't look that high. It's like, that ain't that high. And then you get up there and look down, and it's a, probably a good 25-foot drop, which that's that's a decent size. And so my 7-year-old, yeah. I said, we've all got in line to do this deal. And my uh, I said, I'll go first and put my 13-year-old behind her, my 7-year-old in the middle, so I can go, and then you're still up here with her. And there I'm in the water for when she does jump, I can make sure I get her so that we, we've got this managed. And I ran down this long concrete platform over the water. And as I'm, a, I'm jumping and, and again, you know, this bill better than anybody that once you've done the bull riding gig and stuff, there's nothing to really get your heart ticking anymore. You know, you're not going to die. Yeah. So I, I jump, but I remember thinking I, I go off the thing and I'm going, she ain't going to do this because no. <laughs> it, it was, it was a, a, a big enough drop. I'm like, wow, this is actually, you're up there. You, you had time to think about it before you hit the water. Oh yeah. Like you, I'm going, wow, you're, yeah, this is, there's some distance here. Like this, this is up there. She ain't going to do this. And so I hit the water and I turn around and I back up and there's a lady floating behind me. Her kids were in line behind mine and uh, Avery comes to the end and she stops and looks down and I'm like, now she definitely oh, ain't going to do it. No, and so she stood on. I'm like, you can go around and just keep your back because COVID, keep your back to everybody and come back down to your mother. Go around because mom was up on on the on the grass area. And so she looked back and she's looking and probably a minute goes by. And I'm like, my gosh, we are that family that now <laughs> we are sucking up everybody's time. And she's looking and and eventually she just jumped. And it, she did. oh my gosh, when Good she hit the, she came up, everybody was applauding. And I'm Good like, oh, you did. She's like, I did it. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do it. But you know what? That made me want to do it. I overcome, and this is without me saying it, I overcame my fear, dad. And I'm like, my seven year old is telling me she overcame her fear. And then, of course, yeah. my 13 year old comes in, jumps in, woo, yeah, because that was just a no brainer. So, <laughs> yeah. no, it was pretty good. And then I almost got in a fight. So what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Shocker, right? So they have two platforms out there that have slide. One has a slide and one's just a platform way out. And I mean, this, this water's deep. And Jen, my wife had an issue because as you're getting in, it's crystal clear. It's spring fed and there's bass. You can see them. I mean, they're way down at the bottom and they're just kind of hovering right there, but they're there. And she's like, I'm not getting in there with those fish. And I'm like, come on. I hope they grab your toes. Bring them out here. Lip them suckers. Yeah. But she's like, all right. And, and then Avery's looking down and she's on this ladder looking down and you can see them. They're right there and they don't care. I'm like, man, 
I wish I had a fishing pole. And my wife's like, you can't fish in here. You got people swimming around. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but, and then I'm out there and I thought the same thing. It made me think of this. I go on, I wish I had my drone. Cause this would be so cool to fly the drone over and bring it down. And because you're down in like rock Canyon kind of thing, right? Like the that walls cool. are right. It would be neat. And so anyway, my wife's like, well, where are we going when we get in this water? And it's frigid because it's spring fed. But once you're in, you're numb. You're good to go. So yeah. my youngest or my, my oldest, sorry, my 13 year old, she's in, she's halfway to the platform. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to the platform. So Avery then gets in and, and then my, my wife gets in, I get in. And so, okay, we get over the initial shock of can't move because it's so cold and away we go. So we get to the platform. Well, there's a couple kids and I would guess they are maybe 13 years old, about my oldest age, standing on the platform. And on the other platform, which is it got to be 70, 80 feet away. So barely throwable, but with a yep. ball, it could, right? Like it, you got to really crank this thing. And maybe it's yards. I, 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 should, I should speak in yards. So maybe about 60 yards. It, it was a distance. And so there's this big dude uh, older than me uh, with another kid over there and they're throwing these water balls. They're like a neoprene. They're a pretty good, like harder ball. Cause they, I, probably everybody knows what I'm talking about, but I call them water balls. They're like the size of a tennis ball, but they're, they're kind of soft and spongy, yep. but they're neoprene and they got a core to them. So they got some weight, right? Like they're, they're still, if they hit, look out. So yep. they're, they're playing where they're throwing these back and forth across this big open causeway and there's a lifeguard sitting on a on a surfboard type deal like a a boogie board thingy out in the middle watching and so this ball's being chucked back and forth i don't care i don't think anything of it i thought hey that's pretty cool i'd like to do that too but as we're going this ball comes zinging in and just about hits megan right in the noodle and it hits the water beside and my wife looks at me and goes if that hits her and gives me the look and I'm like, yeah, I hear you. So I, I'm in the water. I throw it back to the, to the two kids. So then we get up on the platform and my, my kids are pushing me in. We're having fun and we're jumping and diving. And I didn't realize it until after I hit the water, but this ball bounces square off my back just before I go under. Oh no. So I come up and it wasn't my daughter's. So I just pick it up and I throw it back. Not a word. Well, then my, my oldest, Megan dives in and she's urging me to do this massive high dive. I go up and come down. Okay, whatever. So I get crazy and dive in. And just as I come up, one ball comes and just misses her. And the second one is on the other side of her. And like, we're on the other side of the platform. We're not on their side. Cause clearly you'd be in the way. These balls are landing on the far side of the platform and both just miss her and me. And so now I've had enough. My wife's given me the eye from the platform. And so I grab both these balls and instead of talking to the kids right on the platform, I look over at their, this, this big dude on the far side. And I, and I yelled over and I mean, you're in a, in a cosm you're in cause right. You got rocks on both sides. So everything inside echoes and they got lawn where everybody's sitting that isn't swimming. And so I yelled over and I said, Hey, I said, I, that just about hit me. He says, oh, did it? I wasn't aware. Well, that's complete bull crap because one has already bounced off my back. But I said, that is the third time. That's my limit. If it hits my kids, we're going to have an issue. And I threw the balls back to the kids on the platform. And so the guy never said a word. 
everybody's staring now because my voice is echoing. I mean, I'm not a quiet yeah. dude. You know that to start with. Yeah. But my voice echoes clean on up the lawn. So embarrassed, whatever. I don't care. They leave. They, they're, they're gone. I don't even know where they went. We're still playing in the water. This other family comes over. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, 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 whatever. I, I didn't do it for you. <laughs> I did it for me. Yeah. But I said to my wife at the time, I said, look, I'd like to fish. I'd like to fly my drone, but in today's society, what sucks is you got to be cognizant of other people. We all paid money for our hour and 45 minutes to be in here and they were making it so it was unenjoyable and you couldn't use any of the area in front of them. Like they were just, to me, that's ignorance. And at the age of this man who's older than me, he's got to be in his fifties and that's, you, you got to have common sense. And so when you don't, I guess I got to teach it to you. And so that's what I did. Well, after we, we play on that platform for another 20 minutes, 30, 30 minutes. And it's like, okay, now what we've exhausted. We've swam. We don't want to go sit on the grass. We paid our money to swim. So we've sat on this platform. So, well, we haven't seen the other platform and you can't use the slide because it's COVID. So we'll go swim to the other platform. So we swim to the other platform. Well, apparently that was close to where they had their, their picnic towels and stuff. And we're sitting on the lawn. Well, next thing I know, I wasn't aware, but we're jumping in and we're now treading water and deciding if we want to go back off the board. And all of a sudden this wave comes over my whole family from this dude that jumped in and cannonballed us. Right. And like a 50 something year old man, he's, he's big dude. I mean, and not, not muscular big. And so it was a good wave. I was impressed. I ignore it. I don't say anything until my seven year old is now swimming to me. And I mean, this is a deep, deep water. And I'm cognizant that this is my seven year old in this open gravel pit, deep, cold water. And so now the kids start bombarding her with cannonballs. And now now you've, 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 nah, it's offside. yeah, you've, uh, you've poked this bear and mama bear, she going to come unglued. So I looked over and I got to say it, Bill, I looked at them all as they climbed back up and he, and, and I allowed him to cannonball me a second time so that it was obvious he was targeting my family because we had now moved and we're moving towards shore. And as he cannonballed my family the second time, I looked him dead smack in the eyes and I said, buddy. I know you think you're a lot bigger than me, but I used to pay a hundred bucks to get stepped on by 1800 pound animals that make you look like a peanut. I'm not afraid of you. And if you want to take this further than cannonballs, we can take it up onto the lawn. And he just stared at me, my family, my wife going, Todd, let's go, Todd, let's go, Todd, let's go. But I'm sorry. I can only be pushed so much. And she's going, let's go, let's go. And the, his, one of his kids at 12, 13 years old, looks me square in the eye from the platform, bends over and goes, we ain't afraid of you either. And I went this on, oh, buddy, <laughs> my gosh, really? So I looked at, I said, Look, I, I, you can't fix crazy. Come on out here and I'll show you. And then Jen was screaming at me to, to move along. So we did, but I just could not believe that it had come to that. And I had to stoop to that level, but folks, I am not a proud person when it comes to that level. I'm all about going to where I got to teach common sense. Cause I feel when I'm right, I'm right. And therefore I'm going to stand up for what I'm, what's right. And I just thought, man, what are you teaching your kids? But yeah. so that was my weekend. I thought I'd share that cause it was a little bit of a story. You had some excitement. That's hanging with Todd and I apologize, but I just can't let stupid crap like that go.
That irritates yeah. me. And, and, and for other people hanging around too, like really nobody's saying anything. There's 150 of us or whatever. Cause of COVID they limit how many are in there. They, we all paid money to be here for an hour and 45 minutes. And this clown's going to steal all of this real estate and, and, and bully us around. I don't, not on my watch folks. Yeah. Not cool. Put a flank on them. I'll take them for eight. <laughs> Too bad you had to, had to do that, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I, I hope that didn't ruin your day, and I hope you guys no, had a good time. Anyway. No, because I got to teach my kids, and then I had to go back and explain that how what I acted was probably not the best way for for someone to act. But also, you can't be a doormat and let these guys ruin. You paid money just the same as they did, so you're in as much right. So it was a teaching moment. It was great. Good deal. Okay, Bill, we just brought Dad in the studio. He's sitting down. He's mic'd up. We're good to go. And opening day is tomorrow opening day of what <laughs> opening day of dove okay all right so we got got you guys in the studio here talking about dove hunting opening day and i guess that's the next uh, next thing on the list of of uh, where we go eh? it so, is it is for me it's a newfound love yeah why is that well i never so we hunt we hunt geese and ducks forever and we're field hunters for the most part and that's where we do some damage and so since they brought in dove season, which has only been like four or five years in our area, but since they brought it in, Scotty, as we're cleaning up all the time, we're laying there and, and not even clean up while we're laying there waiting for the geese to come in, doves will be buzzing us. And so he's like, oh, Todd, we got dove season now. And I'm looking at these stupid little gray things flying by me. And I'm thinking, A, I shoot three and a half inches of BB uh, only because yeah. they don't make four inch and there's no way I am wasted a three and a half inch load of steel of BBs at one of these little dove bombing things flying by me. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. So I kind of laughed it off for the first couple years. And then he finally broke me where we were, we were hunting geese. We, we limited out. So we're picking up the decoys. And uh, like, a, I don't know, you call it a covey of doves go bombing over us. And there was probably six to eight go down and land in the cut field just over our heads. And so me, dad, and Scott, we're cleaning up the decoys. And Scott's like, they're, they're a bunch they're, They just went down over there. They're in the field. Like they're right. We can walk up on them. And I'm like, man, I've got three and a half inches of BBs, but all right, fine. So I said, dad, do you want to come? And dad's normal response was. Nope. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty long walk. He ain't, he ain't doing that. So me and Scott start the trek and start heading to where they were. When we start to get close, we're like, okay, this is this is roughly where they were, and we're we're taking you know inch in our steps, inch in our steps, because they're gonna bust at any time. Next thing I know, up they jump and we unload. Well, we both got three, maybe maybe four, just because they were so close together, and and maybe because we're shooting. BBs and like they, they take out more than one. I don't know, but we got a, we got a bunch, and we're so, like, uh, all right, sorry, go. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up just a little bit here to get get me engaged because I am a non dove hunter. I've never I've never hunted them. Uh, you know, up up here, I don't know if there's a ton of them up here, and I don't even know if the season is Ontario wide, your area specific. So as much of as much of hunting as I've ever done. I am a super greenhorn when it comes to dove hunting. So if we want to back up a little bit for some of the other greenhorn hunters out there, maybe talk a little bit about 
uh, outside of three uh, and a half inch DBs, <laughs> what do you need? What yeah. do you need to to start off Tease. this dove hunting experience? That, that little yeah. dead coyote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you so, know what? I would recommend. I got uh, some steel. I believe they were trap loads. They were given to me by a guy with the gun club when I said I wanted to go hunting doves. And he's like, hey, I got a bunch of loads for you. I ain't ever going to shoot. And so I shoot, and I still got a bunch. I shoot seven and a half Rios. Um, So Rios to be in the brand name, but two and three quarter inch, seven and a half. It's like a trap load. Is, yeah. But just has to be steel because they're be steel. migratory game bird. So he had right. some, so he gave them. But you know what? I, I'd still shoot them with sixes or whatever you could find. I, I don't know if I'd want to go much bigger because, I mean, they're like a little target. They're like a, a clay target going. You want yeah. smaller pellets, so you got more more spread, more more pellet count, better pattern. So, and, and these birds are, are, you're typically hunting them the same way you would hunt geese in, in a field yeah. setup, or how, how would you set up? So for- we're pr- still, I wouldn't say we're super pro at it, but we have had some, some successful hunts where we've limited out, which is awesome. So we're, we're getting there, but I, it depends. We've done both. We've, we've set up on the edge of the field. We've, we've been laying in the field, like goose hunting in layout blinds. And then our best hunt was we set up around some barns where we knew mid-morning they were going back and, and loading up. And that's how we first found this field. We were hunting geese. We looked over and three barns, the roofs were just covered. Dove, dove, wing to wing across the tops, nothing but doves. So we're like, okay, we're going back there. So we actually there, I will tell you that story, but we set up right against the barns, which was, it was awesome. It was phenomenal. So we've, we've done it each, each different way, but typically we'll go sit on the edge of a field uh, you got to know where it's same as geese and ducks. You got to know where in that field they're mostly feeding and they will blast across the field, but I f- typically find they'll stick to the edge. And so that's mm. kind of where they'll hang. And doves, not pigeons. Not just to pig- be clear. Yes. Not, <laughs> not pigeons. So, or I, yeah, there's different names for pigeons. So I have shot a pigeon or two just because the gentleman we were with when we were hunting said, oh, they're in season and those are good. And so he's like, well, you shoot me one. So I did. And uh, he took it home. He said it was his son's favorite meal. Dad's always told me they don't taste too great. So I don't like them. So I've never shot one. I see them flying and I've never shot them. So no, yeah, this is this is morning doves. Yeah, tons of pigeons up here, uh, up in uh, Barry area. But the, the morning doves, you know, we don't get them in large flocks. Like it seems that you would down there, almost as if you were on a flyway or something for or morning doves. Well, and it's never used to be that way that I really remember. I don't remember. Do you ever remember doves zinging around us in the fields up until the last few years? Not, not till lately, no. Like, no, it's just maybe we weren't that cognizant. But no, I don't really remember a whole lot of doves blasting by us like they do now. So I don't know if they're getting more prominent. Hence, we got the season. Uh, right. But but yeah, there's now it's we're, we're getting pretty good, pretty good amounts. Like they're and, all around my house now, too. They're taunting me. No, <laughs> At the limit on a, a morning dove hunt? 15 per person. 15 so, per well, person. last year, I, got, I better look up the regs again before we go out to yeah. double check. Nothing's changed, but that's what it was. 15 yeah. per person, and it takes uh, 30 of them to make a meal. Yeah, <laughs> I, they're, they're it, little wee tiny things. It depends they? how many guys. Like, they're, picture a chicken nugget from McDonald's, and that's a breast. Yeah. That's, that's half a dove. 
Right. So, oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's where, when me and Scotty, we, we walked across this cornfield to get those six, seven, eight, whatever, however many we got, we split them in. We, so we walked up, they jumped up and we just unloaded. We got them. So we took them home right away. We, we just breasted them out and then we wrapped them in bacon, put them on the barbecue. And oh my gosh, after that, I think the next day, what dad, I had a mojo decoy coming from Amazon. <laughs> I had like the, the clip on lucky brand. I don't know what the brand is. Lucky duck or something. Clip on doves. I had it all. Once I tasted them, it was on. And so, but th- that wasn't a meal, but yeah, when you, we shot 45 I, there, it depends how many guys you got, but, but we, there was, there was enough. I mean, we, yeah. we added some potatoes with them and we were good to go. Sure. Yeah, if it's a chicken chicken finger size or chicken nugget size, uh, uh, it takes a few of those and you can have a nice little appetizer or a snack out of it. Oh, yeah. And, oh, dude, are they tasty. They are amazing. So, well, yeah, as soon as I tasted them, that was that, man. I had I had a Mojo spinning wing battery-operated decoy. I had the clip-on ones, and now I got a bunch more for Christmas. It's almost my – it's my – possibly, depending on how this year goes – could be possibly my new favorite hunting season and it is as social as as a goose hunt i think it's way more social than yeah. dad could weigh in on that well no 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 if, if you could hear it's more social me and scott have no problem having a conversation because <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have to be as hidden as well you can move around they're a little Someone dumber and we'll say here comes one across the field and it'll just be it's be beelining for the decoys and you can jump up and get ready and and if it's one or two and you got three or four shooters you can just sit and watch the fun yeah sit and watch the fun if he doesn't hear you say here they come right at you take them (laughs) then then i guess you just sit and watch the fun but but yeah no it is it's crazy i think it's crazy social my my this year she's 13 last year 12 and you said you want to go dub hunting man she was in the truck and she typically yeah she's at that age now where you know that where it's tough to get them to go right but dub hunting she loves it just because it is fast and furious if you find them. And, and we don't, we don't hunt them unless like it's, we're not going to sit on the edge of the field and not have anything fly. Like we know where they are. It's like ducks and geese. You got to do your homework. You got to find out where they are. Are they living there? Is there, are they going in the field? Where are they feeding? But once you do that, we go and we got a burlap and not burlap, but like the camouflage on stakes, like you would use for Turkey hunting, like the pop up blinds kind of deal, but just, we stake them in the ground in front of us. We'll sit just in the grass off the edge of the field where they're feeding. And, and they're usually typically when we hunt them, they're feeding maybe 10 yards off the edge of the field and then put some chairs up and just sit there. And like dad said, they're dumb as fence posts. So they just come beelining across and we got the dove call, hand that to the kids and let them go crazy. Cause I'm not sure that it makes a, a whole lot of difference, but, and then it's just sit there having a conversation, talking and Oh, here comes some doves. And, and Oh, it's, it's an absolute riot. And so like, yeah, like wing dipping all the way through and zipping across. And, and you know, the best part is we have what we call the dove pergola. So, which we, we figured this out. So what happened was I got these decoys and then we got, you need something to put them on. And you're like, well, if you're hunting the edge of the field or you're hunting, like you don't put them on the ground like goose decoys. They they perch on stuff. So dad had, what did you have? Was it a shed or what uh, was it? Big steel gazebo. Steel gazebo. And so it oh, came yeah. with a frame. And I mean, it was just really, really thin square tubing. It was a packing frame so that the parts didn't get bent. So when oh, you I took see. it apart, here were these uh, square, square tubing, but they were probably 18 inch square packing frames 
that kept everything in its place. So they were actually garbage, but I didn't throw them out. So we just, <laughs> Shocker. We, they would stand up. So we stood, we stood two up and took the third one and wired it across the top of the two. And then we just snapped the decoys on the one at the top. Yeah. So we had like a, I call it the pergola, but I, I don't know. I mean, you probably could have used it for a wedding if you're a hunter. I mean, it looked pretty good. So it was like, it was wrought iron that was just in a big square shape. Like they were probably two and a half, three feet wide and looked like ladders. And, yeah. and so we just put one on one side, one on the other, put one across the top. We zip tied them together. It holds itself up. And then we just start clipping decoys to it. Almost so like it, an A-frame of, uh, yeah. you could use an A-frame two ladder combination type thing. And yeah. as long as it's got something that, that they're perched on or your, yeah. your the decoys, decoys. Yeah. Thing. The decoys got like, like, um, clips, right? Like close, close peg clips right built yeah. like molded right into them so you just clip them on and so the 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 coolest part you put that out there and then the doves will come to it they might not necessarily i don't even think we had any land on it and we had it about 20 yards out but when they're coming they're coming and all of a sudden they would dip and dive like a bat would dive for bugs in the night like you throw a rock up and a bat will dive down at it they would dive down like they were gonna land on it and then come past it flying right at you and so that was kind of cool. Like it would just throw that little bit of, of motion and difference into their flight path and make it fun. But Todd yeah, did for his birthday last year, get an actual dove tree and oh, yeah. some more dove decoys. We're rocking now. I got probably, I don't know. I got two Mojo spinning wings. I think we probably got about 15 to 20 of the clip-ons. And now I got like the Mojo dove tree. That is like, it's built to hold these things. You stick it out in the middle of the field anywhere. So we don't need the pergola. Might still take it because I'm not sure we can get all the decoys on this dove tree, but no, you won't. But no. it's it's pretty cool. So we're ready to rock. Comes in a bag in the whole nine yards. So we're ready to dance with it this year. I'm, I'm excited. I am so pumped. But you How do, long is the season? You do got to be careful though, because when they come in five, six, seven, eight doves at a time, and, and there was a couple of times that a couple of doves landed, but in the, in the flurry of these doves coming in, and then backtracking when they when they get shot at, we actually did have a, a female wood duck land on the pergola, and and uh, somebody yelled, "Hey, don't shoot it! That's a duck! That's a duck!" Because duck season wasn't open yet. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah wood ducks come. You know, that's a pretty big dove, and it's still yeah. not huge, not a duck. You're like, what is that coming across there? And it lands. It lands right on the pergola. That's neat. So it was That's pretty neat. cool. It was pretty cool. I'm not quite sure how long. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I just know pretty much it goes until they disappear for the most part. And once we, once goose season kicked up, we we focus on geese. I mean, we're not. Yeah, sure. We don't. But now this year might be different. I'm going to look up the regs a little bit better, and I'm going to have an idea. I knew when they ended last year, but I'm really cognizant of being on a recording right now going, oh, it ends this time. And because yeah. crap can change right quick, especially on a newer season like like Dove, Morning Dove yeah. season, when they, they start to monitor the numbers and see where it's going. But I'm seeing enough, so I'm hoping it's going to be decent. Yeah, no, no question. I'm not trying to hold you to a, a, a date so that our listeners can, can call in and say, hey, you're wrong. But, <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm just curious if it was a one-month deal or if it was, you know, throughout the course of the entire duck hunting season so you could kind of have a, uh, a multiple hunt um, if you were out there hunting ducks and geese, and like you said, on a small morning or something, and uh, doves came in, you could actually have a combo-type hunt where, where you were able to fill uh, two bag limits of species yeah well and i mean it, it'd be tough to do it out in the middle of a field where you're where you're hunting ducks and that i mean if you hunted on ducks on the edge of the field or if you hunted them on the side of the 
like, you know, of a, of a corn rose or something, you might, you might yeah. be all right, but yeah, yeah, it'd be all right. I mean, we've had enough flying over while we were goose hunting. Well, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I might have to make the trip down to oh, absolutely. this dove hunt. Anytime. So I've been watching. And so where we, and I mentioned, so we, we've talked about, we hunt on the edge of the field. We put up that blind and, and the, my daughter likes to come and she'll run out and grab them as you're dropping them. And I mean, when you're on the edge of the field, you can see them coming for a ways. And then you put them down, you'll go out there to grab them. And there'll, there might be one or two that land with, with the one you shot. So next thing you know, you're jumping them and you don't even know it. And I mean, last year we were having such a blast. I know that both kids were, uh, Scotty's nephew comes and my kid. And so they were all sitting down. I said, okay, I'll go grab these ones. And I ran out to grab a bunch that we had shot. And I put up two or three and they come spun around me and flew right back to them. So of course I can't shoot that way. And they blasted right at Scotty to the point he had to move his head and duck out of the way for them to go by. And I said, why did you not shoot? I mean, if you had to move your head, they were coming right at you. And he's like, I was laughing too hard. They were beelined and like, take my head off. I couldn't get my gun mounted in time. So I mean, catch them as they're coming past. Oh, it's a riot. And then the, the ultimate was, when we set up, we had these these barns, and we've talked about it before, and not in as much detail, but I think this was absolutely, if you can find barns where they are roosting on the roof, they'll feed, and then they'll go back and roost and sit for a bit and go back and feed, and then they'll go sit for a while longer. And apparently, they love sunflower fields. Now, there's none of them around here, so I can never find them, but there's enough doves that, I know last year we were hunting them in a cut corn field, and uh, I, I think even a wheat cut wheat field. Wheat field, yeah. Yeah off the edge of a wheat field was the best spot for us. I think they were just eating up the drop wheat from when they, when they took it off, took the crop off. So we were just off the edge of that same field I was talking about when we first hunted them. But in this little alcove of barns, there was three barns and one was an L shaped. And so we snuck up into the L shaped barn. We put the pergola out 20 yards and we put our blind from barn to barn across. We had a couple of them and we just stacked them up. And then we just sat down behind the blinds and hung there talking and waited till light. And then once light came, we knew that the doves, they feed really early in the morning. They'd come back to these barns because we just seen them aligning. Well, as they started to come back, I mean, it was just a riot. We were having so much fun just picking these guys off as we're talking. And and dad, I don't know, you ended up, did, did shoot one, right? Oh, I shot more than one. I shot three <laughs> or four. But that was when you guys were out picking them up and there was no competition. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you're talking, all of a sudden you see this flurry of movement coming at you. And it's on you and you put your gun up and pull the trigger. I remember one was coming and it, it danced right by the pergola, but it was moving so fast. Nobody else had a chance that I seen it. And I just yelled dub. And I mean, it wasn't, I bet you four or five feet off the end of my barrel when I pulled that trigger and right in front of us. And it was just, just, I don't know, maybe five feet over my head. And I pulled the trigger on it. That thing went right into the steel roof of the barn above Scotty. And boom. And then it rolled down. And Scott just put his hands out and caught it. <laughs> Landed it right in his hands. And I mean, feathers are falling all around him. It was pretty wicked. Surprise was anything left of it. Well, right. And that, yeah, I mean, you get that. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And then we were sitting there a little bit longer. And they're, they're, the doves are zinging around, flipping and flying all over the place. And... Uh, you're, you're, you're shooting the odd one, but one coming and you love the singles because you can take your time and you kind of, Hey, watch this guys. And so we had a, we had one just 
buzzing right straight. It was going to bypass us. It was coming right between us, but going to go right in front of dad. And we're trying. Dad was complaining so much because me and Scott were shooting him and he couldn't, didn't even get time to get his gun up, according to him. I don't know. I think he was sleeping, to be honest with you. Well, but, they were standing and I can't stand because of both knees. So all of a sudden they say, there they are. Well, I'd stand up. Boom, boom. There they're not. <laughs> and so that, that happened so many times I'd stand up, boom, boom, and there they're not. And so I finally said, okay, let me shoot one. And so they said, okay, here comes one across the field. No, hold on, hold on. We looked, and I mean, this thing's coming from the woods and it's got to be 300 yards built. It's a speck in the sky at this point. And we're like, we think that's a dove. We think, Dad, we think it's a dove. Now get ready. We think it, and then as it's getting closer, it's coming between the two barns right at us and, and going to make a hook around us. Okay, it's a dove. Dad, you're going to take this one. It's a dove. Well, let me tell you something. I never waited so long in my life for this dove to come by. And I mean, it beelines past us. Scott's got his gun going up. I got my gun going up. And, and you want to tell it from there? Well, I thought it was my dove. They kept saying, okay, you're going to take him? Yep. I stood up, brought up the gun. I'm swinging through. I'm thinking, well, this is a nice shot. And I'm taking my time. And just as I'm going to pull the trigger, bam, down it goes. And Scotty shoots it right out from underneath me. And I didn't know who had shot it because they were behind me. And, of course, I turned around and yelled, well, you let me shoot a dove. But they just I'll tell you, I was, my they trigger I was taking too long, I my, guess. Scotty, my, my finger was on that trigger. I mean, if, if someone didn't pull it, we had a, a split second before it dashed behind the other barn. And, I mean, it would have been gone. I was on it. It was my dove. But, nope, they figured I was taking too long. He was just uh, admiring the opportunity for presenting. Now, when for they him. were out, when they were out picking up, that left me and Michael. Now, this is Michael's brand new hunter, just got his license and the whole nine yards, and this is his first hunt ever. He hasn't hunted ducks, geese, nothing. This is his first hunt ever. Now, he's been trap shooting with us for a year, and uh, he works at the gun club, and so he was getting pretty good at trap shooting. So he wasn't new to wing shooting, but this was his very first hunt. And he was having a blast and he was deadly. He was fast. And so even when I was sitting there with Michael, I thought, okay, well, Mike, you and I will get some. Nope. Mike got them all. And he was deadly. Uh, but I, I laughed and I enjoyed it. And Mike was so excited because this was his absolute first hunt. He, Did I get that one? Did I get one? Yeah, you got it. It's right over there by the corner of the barn. And uh, yep. So... I, I just, I mean, I wasn't getting up quick enough. Oh, he yeah. Was, he was No, no, him. no. I remember you got one because we went for, okay, so one was coming between the barn straight at us, past the pergola. And I don't know if anybody's seen it, but I was not hesitating. I seen this thing coming and I put my gun up and pulled the trigger. It was moving so fast that it was fairly high that when I pulled the trigger, it went past me. Again, we're up against the edge of a barn. So when I shot it, I seen it fold, feathers are in the air, and it disappeared in the air behind it. But I knew I hit it. So I went looking and I looked for 25, 30 minutes, I bet you, on the ground for this dove. I mean, it's grass. You're you're not in the farm field. You're around the barns where they take care of manicure and like it's cut lawn. Where did this dove go? And I'm walking around looking for it and I can't find it anywhere. So next thing I know, dad says, I said to dad, well, help me look for this. Thing. Like it's got to be there. Well, so dad gets up and sure enough, it's, there's another little smaller barn that was just past us. It was on the roof of that barn. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I looked, I mean, I was looking all around this other barn on the ground and every, and it was up on the flat roof part of this barn. And I'm like, oh, good grief. So when, at, when we were looking for that, I said to dad, oh, look, there's one on the hydro wires behind the barns we were hunting. Now it's just going to sit there really stupid. We're going to be able to walk around it. We'll go wide, come up behind it. And now as soon as it flushes, you can shoot it. And so I think that was the first one you got. You actually got to shoot. Well, it was one of, I don't know. It was one of three or four, but it came down. It didn't, it didn't flush straight. It just dropped right off the line and came right down, swooped towards the ground and then was angling, quarter angling away from me about six feet off the ground. So I just followed it down as it straightened up along the ground, taking her time. And I know I was driving Todd crazy because he was behind me with his gun up. And I know he was biting his his tongue like, holding what his are you up. waiting and for? i just took my time and i <laughs> shot it and like i heard him go oh thank goodness that was almost too late for me to shoot <laughs> i said did you really think i was gonna miss if you give me a chance to get on him <laughs> i like, hope not grief. you give him 20 minutes to line up on the thing and it just kind of yeah. hangs there like but the i got a couple button. that were after the birds came in and the shooting was done like every time i get on one it'd drop well there was one when was leaving over the left barn and I shot it going right over the peak and I knew I hit it because I saw the feathers and it was laying on the other side of the barn and then on the right barn I got another one going away at about 50 yards and it was just leaving after the shooting was done this one was just leaving and just going over the peak of that barn and I hit it and I saw the feathers so I went around and sure enough it was laying on the other side so I did get three or four but it was more like clean up wait for them guys to get done I couldn't get out of the chair quick enough well, I think that they need to just give you another opportunity, you know, just take the shells out of their guns for a little bit and and say, hey, it's my turn to, to, to pull the trigger on a few. That would be the good son thing to do there, Todd. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this sounds like a, a really good opportunity to get new hunters out. To get them introduced to to wing shooting and you know you know the the pressures as much as they are with with birds coming in and, and hunting with a group of guys. I'll tell you what, amen. I I'm hundred and twenty percent behind you because there's not. It's a it's camaraderie. B you don't need a whole lot invested. Like dove decoys on Amazon, you get like a four pack for fifteen bucks. Like oh, it's yeah. like not a big deal, right? Not that you even need them if you know where they are, but I mean, they do help. And then you just got to go get like a fake tree or something to put them on and put and stick it out. Like go grab your, your grandmother's fake plant that's sitting in her living room and clip yeah. them on it and <laughs> stick it out in the middle of the field, uh, wherever they are, just to, just to make them look at it, to bring them, make sure they come near you. Right. But absolutely. Yeah. And then and, you and can there's use enough it. bounty, right? There's enough meat there to have some enjoyment at the end of the hunt. Oh, absolutely. Say, you, you, can, know, you, you, you still got to clean them and you get, and yeah. you can still, yep. Camaraderie of cleaning them and cooking them and hanging out and eating them. And, and you can use any gauge. So, I mean, if you've got smaller frame people, they could pull a 20 gauge and I mean, you're still going to crush doves. It's no big deal. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, 28 gauge. Absolutely. I'd say a 28 over a 20 just cause it's a softer shooting, but yeah, it's like, yeah. And, and really, I think what now I, 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 we have hunted before with a gentleman that said, I guarantee you, if you get what is the, he's like the odds of, and if you Google this, apparently this comes up, but it, he's like the odds of shooting a dove every, it's one dove for every eight times you pull the trigger. Really? And I'm like, come on. And so maybe the gun club 
shooting targets and sporting clays and trapping that help us. I don't know, but I don't believe it. But I mean, new shooter, don't get discouraged. It's still just fun. I mean, but you got to let instinct take over just because they're moving so quick. You don't have time to think, which I think for a new new hunter, that's a good thing. They're going to learn really fast that don't overthink it. You don't have time to overthink it. So one or two doves go blasting by them and they hesitated. You can guarantee the third and fourth dove, they're not going to hesitate. They're just going to. And then once they hit one, it's like (gasps) the light bulb comes on. Right. You just don't think you got to put the gun up and, and, and let instinct take over. And just, and you, to, yep, your eyes will match it. You're good to go. The other side of it, too, for for an experienced shooter, it's a, a nice warm-up for, for the, the goose hunting season and the, the duck season. Oh, it is. Well. It is. And, and there's, I talked to guys at the gun club. It's their favorite season. That's why I said it, it quickly could become mine. It will see how this year goes. I know last year was just awesome. So we will see how this year goes. It's just, I wish they hung around longer, right? There was more around for yeah. a longer period of time, but but yeah, I know they, they guys, some of the guys at the gun club, they go down to Argentina and stuff like that and, and really, oh, yeah. really stack them up. Right. But so around here, if they find a good dove, dove hunt, you, you definitely, when they say, where'd you get them? You say, yeah, mostly in the head. <laughs> yes. They're, they're, you don't want to be giving up too many. No, they're hankering. They are hankering for a dove field. I know it. They, uh, absolutely. Cause it is, it is absolute blast. And I, and I totally agree with you. A new hunter it, that is the way to get them into 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 wing shooting, into hunting for sure. I mean, you find them, then you know you're going to see them. You know you got a chance. It's not like deer where you could go, you know, seven times and not even see one, and now the person's like really discouraged, like this is what hunting is. Like you're gonna, if you got doves in the area, you're gonna go out and get a crack at at least one or two, and then I mean they have the odds to be able to hit it. Like it's just a good time, and you're hanging out and chilling and talking, and you don't have to worry about like. Did those geese, the geese are coming. We got to hide, get in the blinds. Did they see us? Were we in the blinds quick enough? And like doves are dumb. You're good to yeah. go. You put a little hide up and you're good. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Well, that sounds like a good opportunity and I'm anxious to maybe try out something new and get down there and join, join you guys and make some memories. Absolutely. So I believe it opens tomorrow. And so I've got to get out and get my butt out and get scouting. Cause I really haven't, we got permission in the spot where the barns are last year, I just haven't had time to get out and see if they're loading up on the roofs yet. So I'll have to, we'll have to do that and see, and then plan what day we're going and hopefully they are, but yeah, it opens. I know I just grab Megan and, and head out maybe tomorrow after work and sneak out for a little bit and see if we can't hit one or two out in another field that we got permission in and see, but this time of year too, it's tough. Cause you got to have the crops off. So yeah, gotta, that's the other kicker, but. Well, keep me informed. Sounds sounds like it's going to be some fun. Oh, it is. It's an absolute blast. But yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that than for for tips and tricks and stuff. I mean, it's it, like I said, like you said, it's great for a beginner. You don't need a whole lot of money invested. It's, it's steel shells and a, and a shotgun and you're away to the races. Can you think of anything else that you got to? No, no. Other than, it? other than, yeah, I didn't realize that until we went to go out last year, you got to use steel shot. And so I hadn't even thought about buying uh, just like rabbit loads in steel shot. And that's typically what we were using, just Smaller pellets, game yeah. bird loads, but they had to be in steel shot. And it, it, uh, they're a little harder to find. Yeah. 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 I can imagine. So yeah, they, they are, but you, you can, you can find them. And, and now that dove season's really coming on, then people are starting to realize that they're starting to ask for it at your local store. So they're starting to carry it a little bit more. So we got the contacts oh. that we can get them. I know I, uh, 
I got a company that I can I can deal in them if I if it's the end of the world, but I'm hoping I can just go out to the store and buy buy some boxes when I need them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go do some uh, some purchases because one, I don't have any steel shot that that small, and two, goose hunting season's coming up, and I need to stock up on on some uh, steel loads of goose uh, caliber. <laughs> I say caliber very loosely, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, uh, <laughs> yep. I don't have much in the, the gun locker anymore for for old loads, and and uh, I want to make sure that I'm putting some something in the gun that's going to give me an opportunity besides. The, the confetti that you guys shoot there <laughs> the, the confetti yeah. Yeah. the cannonballs yeah you no know, it's uh i'm not sure how i'm going to keep up because I, I i'm not going to shoot any more than three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> i disagree that's all my gun at well it's all my gun holes i got a, a the the Remington 870 uh that it's got uh chambered at two and a half or, or three and and i'm typically okay with that as long as i can uh, put the gun to my face and and put the gun to my shoulder, I should be okay. Oh, it, so it's only chambered at three inch. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's see? Well, you bring that, bring your tea, some extra tea bags, and you can help us pick up the ones we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got to be good for something there. That can be the retriever. <laughs> yeah, three no. shots. Oh, yeah, I, I hit a triple. The three of them went down. I'm sure they were the three I was shooting. <laughs> Not if Scott's there and they got bands. You ain't even getting a crack at one. I guarantee you that. Yeah. The um, Yeah, you know what? And I've, I've had so many guys say that, oh, all you need is three inch. And absolutely, we used to hunt geese with three inch when we first started out. But my gosh, the, the dollar value is barely negligible when you go to three and a half. And why not maximize your odds? Like yeah. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a three and a half. And then like, I, that's my running joke. The only reason I don't shoot four inches cause they don't make it, yeah. <laughs> but yep. Three and a half inches of, of BBs and, and improved cylinder. And you are good to go. Cause the size of the, that shot pattern's pretty decent out of improved cylinder and it'll still go a good, good yardage. Well, I think we should uh, be talking about that next podcast sir, cause we're getting pretty close. Uh, I think and, we're ready. Uh, yeah, it is going to be goose season. We're like super short super short yep. soon and yeah, dad's gone out already and got uh, permission at most of our spots and i know he's added your name to all of our forms that we sign and and hand out so yeah we're waiting for you to come on down we're ready to rock i can't wait i'll be there for sure for sure all right well thanks bill thanks guys it was good uh, good chat yeah thanks good talking dad. to you bill we'll see you next week see you yes, sir thanks for uh coming on tonight and entertaining todd over there <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's one word for it <laughs> serenity now <laughs> and that'll do it for this week folks for the redneck country podcast i'm bill the almost guy tom and i'm todd and thanks for listening and folks if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything feel free to email us at podcast at the redneckcountry.com again that's podcast at the redneckcountry.com thanks for listening talk to you again next week <laughs>